0: Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Before you do, high-five somebody real quick. High-fives are a godly thing. I don't see it in the Bible, but I know it was there somewhere. At least I believe it. So good to see you guys. Just want to say to all the fellas in the house, happy Mother's Day. No, to all the ladies in the house, all the moms in the house, happy Mother's Day to you. It's great to see you. Hope you're doing well. Everybody doing all right. Yes, you look good. You look good. It's great to see you. If today's your first time at Fathom, we just want to welcome you. We really hope this is just such a good experience for you. Not just in like I had a good church experience, but I, I pray that you have an experience with a God that loves you, and, and that's really what I, I hope would stick out to you today, is that you've encountered God, and you've encountered His presence, and uh, you, would want, you would understand today how much He loves you, and how much He wants to grow in a relationship with you, and we'd love for that to be here, and just go on this journey together. We want to celebrate moms today. Give it up for our moms in the house. That's kind of lame. Come on, moms. That's right. Some of you aren't clapping very loud because your mom's not in the room. If your mom was in the room, you'd be clapping a little louder. So. It's uh, so good to see you guys. I'm honestly really excited about Mother's Day. It's a little bit weird how excited I am about Mother's Day, seriously. It's a little bit weird. I've been really excited for a long time, because for the past two years, uh, my wife um, spoke on on Mother's Day and done a great job, like a tough act to follow when it comes to a good Mother's Day message. And um, I've just been so excited about, it. like, a couple months ago, I was like, hey, babe, like, can we switch it up this year? And, like, you take Father's Day, you talk to the fellas, and, like, I'll, I'll take Mother's Day. I was, like, so excited about it. Like, I, I just felt like I had a lot to say to moms. And I, it was kind of stupid how excited I am about it. Uh, seriously, as I've gotten closer in, like, the past couple weeks, as I've been really locking down on what I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart, the more I'm like, Kyle, like, why are you so excited? This is stupid how excited you are because you know nothing about being a mom. Like, you're not qualified, you'll never have that job, you know nothing about it, and even if you were qualified, you'd be a terrible one, and so I, I don't know why I'm so excited about it, other than, like, God's placed something on my heart and has really put this desire for me to share something, not to just moms in the house, but, but um, all women, and to every man in the, the room as well. And uh, it's funny, the more I thought about this whole mom thing, the more, like, I got more and more confused, because there's this commonality uh, among mothers, like, there's this, like, secret club, like, you guys know, some of you moms in the house, like, there's a secret club, like, you make it into the club, right? Um, and my wife used to always hate, and, and I'm kind of telling something on her, but she used to hate it when like moms would be like, yeah, you'll understand when you're mom. I think she would really hate that, right? Did you hate that? Yeah, a little bit. I think she hate that, like she felt like she wasn't in the club or something. But I, I, there is like this commonality there, but the thing about it is the more you think about it, all moms are really different. There's like a ton of different kinds of moms, right? Um, there's like your your birth mom, and some of you have never met birth mom, but you had like an adopted mom, or um, you, you don't hang out with your mom, but you're around a mom, or uh, uh, like your, your mom isn't living anymore, but someone's kind of taking you on as their mom. There's soccer moms, there's working moms, there's single moms, there's stay-at-home moms, there's grandmoms, any grandmoms in the house? We love you. Um, we, we celebrate moms. There's all these different kinds of moms. We've got moms down in Kenya for each of the the, the apartments, there's house moms that we send a special gift to them to celebrate them. They're a group of special moms that just take 20-something kids in their this little apartment and take care of them. Just incredible what kind of moms they are. So we're celebrating them from where we're at today. All these different kinds of moms and I kept thinking like, man, it's so, I think it's one of the things that makes it so difficult is because there's no road map really for any of, any of us. Like any moms, any women, any guys in the room, we're like, I just wish, I, like, someone would just tell me what to do. I remember when we had our first son. I was on Groundhog Day, and then a couple of days later, we would take him home. It would be raining, and I remember getting him in the car, and, like, they made sure that we had the right car seat when we left, but, like, nothing else. I remember driving home and, like, just thinking to myself, I don't know if I said it out loud, like, they're, they're just going to let us, like, take him home, and, like, there's nothing. There was a class for how to have the baby and like for me to help her breathe, there was a class for like, but there was no class for how to figure out how to deal with a two-year-old. Like there was no class for that or like what this cry meant. There was no like training on this cry means that. And you just figure it out. And I think that's a, it's so nice that our journeys are so unique, but I think it's a difficult thing for some moms in the room, for some women in the room, some uh, men in the room, that our journey feels unique but it it makes us feel alone sometimes because even if you understand this portion of me you don't understand what I'm going through and this you don't have to deal with my kids or you don't have my family you don't have my journey And, and that's a beautiful but tough thing because like what now so I want to lean into a text that you've probably heard before the high percentage of you have heard this many of you could quote this text Today, and I want to lean into this text because I think God wants to say something very specific to us. That motherhood, or you can replace it with womanhood or with manhood, fatherhood, motherhood is a journey. It's a journey. And God wants to walk with you every single step of the way. He wants to walk with you every single step of the way, teach you more about Himself. And so uh, Proverbs chapter 3, you've probably heard this. You can probably, let's read this out loud together. I don't do this a whole lot, but let's read this out loud together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You guys have probably heard that before, or it might sound a little bit familiar to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what I'm going to do, we're going to kind of break these four down And if you read along on your Bible app, the version, you can go to the live event. And there's notes in there for those of you that like to keep notes. There's notes in there for you to help follow along with. But I want to kind of break each one of these elements down to to kind of a point today to share. And I want to kind of bring in a biblical mother that kind of had to face this or, or really struggled with this. And I think we can all be encouraged, whether you're a mom, a woman, or a dude in the house today, Trust the Lord with all your heart. It's always difficult for me because I I've, I feel like I trust the Lord a lot, not always. I'm definitely not a perfect example of trusting God all the time, which we think. Like, if you get up here, that means you trust God all the time and you're perfect, but it's totally not what it means, and I've had many times of doubt, but but by and large, I've, I've walked with God, and I've seen him do incredible things, and my faith has built to grow and grow and grow to, to be just completely trusting of God, no matter what. That would just have me to leave everything and then move to a city just three years ago to start some crazy church um, that, that would lead us to do that and, and I, I think sometimes it's difficult for me to connect like why wouldn't you trust with God and I, I, why, won't, why wouldn't we trust God and I think it's because we have a misconception about the character of God or a, a misconception or a, a wrong understanding about the character and the nature of God has been passed down to us therefore we have trouble trusting God. We have trouble trusting one another. We don't trust people, right, for the most part. We don't trust businesses. We don't trust government. We don't trust anybody, and so it's very difficult for us to trust God. And let me tell you why, like, we should trust God. Because he's worthy of our trust. Why is he worthy of our trust? Because two things, because he's sovereign and because he's good he's sovereign meaning he's overall like he sees the beginning from the end he sees the end from the out every hair on your head is numbered and he knows every detail of your heart he knows you better than you know you he's sovereign he's overall and we can trust him because he's also good like he's not just a god up there pulling strings and just letting us figure it out but he's a good god that wants to be in relationship with us and doesn't want us struggling through the toughest times of life. In fact, he wants us to have joy in the toughest times of the brokenness of this world, and he's going to give us that strength and that peace and that encouragement. God's worthy of our trust because he's sovereign and because he's good. There's one particular mom in the Bible that blows my mind with how she trusted God. Uh, When, um, In the book of Exodus, the very beginning of Exodus, some of you will know about the people of Israel, and they were in Egyptian captivity, like they were slaves, like generation upon generation upon generation. They were slaves. Like, that's what they knew. Grandma was a slave. We've always been slaves. And at one point, the Israelite, the uh, Egyptian pharaoh was getting a little bit nervous that this Israelite people, these Jewish people, would raise up and they would overthrow the Egyptians. And they'd take over. And so he was kind of acting out of fear. And so he put out this kind of edict, this law, if you will, that every male, all the males raise your hand, when you are born, you will die Like, you will be murdered. In fact, they're going to throw you in a river, and he he encouraged all the midwives to do this. Midwives. Like, midwives are like some of the nicest people in the world. They love babies more than anybody, and they're commanded to kind of get rid of all the male babies. Like, that's a, a big deal, and so midwives... Having the good hearts they do. They're trying to sneak babies around, trying to hide as many of them as they can. Well, there was this one baby, there was this one mom that had this child, and, and, and she hid him for three months. But like the more a baby grows up, like the harder it is to hide. Like you, you need more food and you gotta, you gotta figure out a way, and they cry louder and <laughs> they start walking around at some point. So a few months later, hiding was getting really difficult. So she had to make a really tough decision. And I don't know, like, the Bible doesn't say God spoke to her and told her to, do, told her to do this. And in fact, I would encourage you not to do this or you will get arrested. Um, but she makes this little basket and the river that all the babies, all the, the male babies were being thrown in. She makes this basket and puts the child in there and covers it up with some kind of thatch and, like, clay stuff and drops that baby in the river. And, like, I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you had a praying mom or not, but... Um, uh, I, I know there's some praying moms in, in the room right now, and like sh- sh- I know at some point she was a praying mom right then, of like God, you, I want this child to be protected and safe, and that's trusting God with all your heart, like uh, being real, like I, I'm not putting my baby in a little thing and just saying God take care of it, like I'm scared to death of that. But she was doing whatever she knew how. If God inspired her to do this, to to put this child in there, well that child would be found by the Pharaoh's daughter, would grow up and become Moses, who would lead after generations and generations of slavery. He would grow up and lead those people, his people, up out of slavery. His mom's name was Jacob, and she trusted God with all her heart. And I, I, some of you, that uh, most of you in the room, that if you've, if you've uh, known Jesus or you can remember back to a time when you said yes to God, and it was so passionate, and you were like, God, I want to give you everything. Like, you're so into it. God, I give you everything, every part of me. And, like, you literally had no idea what you were saying. You are just like, yes, God, everything, everything, whatever you want. It's all yours, God. And really, we're just trying to get rid of our baggage, right, at that point. We don't really know what that means when we say Yes to Jesus. But then a month later, the pastor's preaching on something, kind of helping us to understand what that means. That yes that we said back then actually is a lot of yeses that follow that. So the pastor's saying something, and something starts stirring our heart. Like, what do you mean, God? Like, like my sex life, too? Like, you need me to say yes to you and your plan and trust you in my sex life? Yeah, yeah, that, too. And then, like, a, a month later, we're studying our Bible and, you know, t- starts talking about where your treasure is, there your heart is. God, what do you mean? Like, my finances, like, i got to trust you with that, too? We figure out there's all these yeses. And we were saying yes, and then we start getting into it, and it's harder and harder to say yes. Every single time we're having to say yes because we realize that God wants it all. He doesn't just want pieces of our heart, but he wants all of our heart. I'm going to move on. but um, when I was a kid, we, we were playing around the pool uh, during the summer, and I had some friends that grabbed me like by the legs, they were older than me. Like two, one person grabbed me by the legs, and the other one by the arms. I did this number, like, we were going to go one, two, three, and, like, the idea was I'm going to do, like, a cool spin, a cool flip, and grab the heels, or something like that. I don't know what I was going to do, but I was going to do some kind of crazy flip or something like that, and some of you that have been, like, a gymnast, and they like, when you rotate, you want to, like, throw your weight, right? You got to throw your weight. <laughs> I didn't know how to throw my weight. I was never a gymnast. I was a football player. Um, not a kicker. Not a kicker. I wasn't a kicker. People always think I was a kicker. Um, I don't know why, Uh, so I was trying to throw my weight, I didn't think about that, I I never had the gymnast experience, well I get up and I start doing the cat thing, and I'm just like, kind of just fighting for life, and I come down, right, I rotate halfway, and then land on my side, and it was not like a ow busted my chest, it was I lost my hearing in my ear, like literally I thought I burst my eardrum. Like, it hurt so bad. I immediately just, tears, like, it hurt so bad. I literally thought I lost my hearing, and um, it would end up being fine. Like, just drain it or whatever we did to it. Pour some lemon or something. I don't know what we did to it. It ended up being fine. How my hearing? But it's dangerous to go halfway. It's dangerous to go halfway and commit all the way. Uh, the Revelation says that God's going to spew the lukewarm out of our mouths. To some of us that think that we're kind of straddling the fence on this Jesus thing, and we're just going to be okay and kind of be half in and half out, Jesus wants all of our heart. He said so he's going to spew the lukewarm out of our That means he's jealous for you. He doesn't want a piece of you. He wants all of you. And ladies, mothers in the house, like I know what it is. You kind of get those butterflies when someone pursues you. Think back to dating stage or some of you are in that dating stage now and you love it when someone pursues you and does all the special things. God is pursuing you and he wants all of you. He wants all of your attention and all of your focus and all of your heart. So what is that area in your life? Maybe you're not giving God all. Maybe you're straddling the fence and God's saying, give me, trust me with all your heart. Think of that mom who had to trust with her child. Maybe that's what's going on in your life. You need to trust with a child. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do what? And lean not, or do not lean on your own understanding. And this one's a hard one. And the first one kind of sets up this second one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But because we have these trust issues, and we've all got trust issues. Let's be real. We've all got trust issues. We don't believe that people are going to come through. We don't trust the government. We don't trust some of the people sitting next to us. Whether you're husband or wife, I hope not. But um, you don't trust... We don't trust people, we don't trust the government, we don't trust our work, our boss, we, we don't trust church, and we certainly don't trust God. So who's that end up leaving us trusting? Numero uno is the only person I really trust. But here's the, the bad thing about that, and here's, here's also the good news, is that we're in relationship with a God that gives us access to a well that's far deeper than our own experiences, and than our own wisdom and our own understanding, we have access, because we're children of God, we have access to experiences far bigger than ours, far wiser than ours. Again, he's sovereign and he's good. And he wants us to lean on him, not on our own understanding, but on his. There's a a mom in the Bible that uh, really thought she was going to be smart about this. Uh, her name was uh, once Sarai, and it was changed to Sarah. Some of you will be familiar with Abraham and Sarah. And they had this incredible promise, this incredible promise that God was going to make many nations out of them. Like, they would have so many descendants that you could, like the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore, there were so many descendants. God gave them this huge promise, like there was going to be nations birthed out of them. Like, what if you got that promise? Like, there will be nations birthed from your seed. Like, that's a That's a big one. So they get this promise, and and one year goes by, and they're practicing having babies, but they're not having any babies. And another year goes by, and they keep practicing, but nothing's happening. And years and years and years go by from the promise that happens um, in in Genesis 12 and the call of Abraham and and throughout the book of uh, of Genesis where he's being called. God's reminding them of this promise. Years go by. Years go by, promise not fulfilled, promise not fulfilled. Like that's a time when we start to doubt. In those times where that time spans, like we start to trust in our own understanding. And that's what Sarah does. She starts to trust in her own understanding. She's like, well, and some of you that are around here often, you know I teach about their society was very honor and shame based. And one of the big honor things was to have a child, particularly a male child, not good, bad, or ugly, just how it was to have a child and to have a lineage you could pass your name on. Like, that's still a big deal for, I think, a a lot of folks, but it it was, you know, a big, big deal back then when to pass this name on and they're not getting pregnant. They're not getting pregnant. This promise is not being fulfilled. God said it, like we trusted you, but like 70 years later, we're having trouble trusting you, God. 60 years later, we're having trouble trusting you, God. So she starts leaning on her own understanding and they had a maid, a servant, Um, girl, and she's like, um, hey, why don't you just sleep with my, why don't you just sleep with the slave girl, you can have a child with her, and I always stop when I'm teaching this text and say, ladies, do not tell the men to do something stupid, because they'll do it, and guys, just because she tells you to do something stupid doesn't mean you should do it, it's a trick, don't do it, don't do it, (laughs) it's a trick, so that's what happens here, sets her up, they have sex, she has a baby through them, and what happens afterwards, like this great plan of Sarah, she begins to hate her, she runs her out of town. She hates her so much, and her life is just miserable. She gave up on this promise that God had put in her. I love what um, Psalm 52, 9 says. I'll give you thanks forever because you've done it, and I'll wait on your name, for it's good in the presence of the godly ones, saying trust, wait on God, don't lean on your own understanding, she would end up kind of uh, repenting, and coming back to the Lord, and waiting on him, and several years later, they'd have not one baby, but a bunch of babies, that's where you get the song, Father Abraham had many sons, like yeah, they kept on coming late in her years, but for a time there, she doubted, she wouldn't wait on the Lord, and she was leaning on her own understanding. So whether you're a mom in the house, and, and you're going through something, with, or a, a time in your child's life, or in your career, and, and you're having to wait on the Lord, keep waiting. Like, wait on the Lord. Trust that His name is good. And, and, and you can cash it. If Jesus says it, if God says it, you can take it to the bank. He's good, and He's going to come through. So lean not on your own understanding, but what in all your ways acknowledge Him. haven't talked about any of that Greek-Hebrew stuff, but right here, I want to stop and kind of bring in some of the Hebrew stuff because there's really two key words. The Hebrew language and the English language are very different. So when we go back and look at the Hebrew, it kind of provides some light to us. So in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Really, another way to say this would be get to know Him more on every step of the journey. Get to know him more on every step of the journey, because really the two Hebrew words is one word, derek and the other word, yada, which if any Seinfeld fans in in the room? A few. Seinfeld's not that popular in this room. Um, Well, Elaine, you guys have probably heard someone say yada, yada, yada. The other word is yada, and it's kind of where this word kind of launched from, and it means you know, you know, you know yada, 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 you know, you know, you know. And it really means to know, to learn to know. And the other word direct means to, uh, it's part of your path, your journey, uh, all your ways, like everywhere you go, every step you take, all of your journey, get to know. Get to know the God you're walking with in every step of the ways in all your ways acknowledge him trusting him like just keep looking up no matter the circumstances keep looking up and he just wants to get to know you in this season like you may think he's fighting against you no he's just trying to draw you closer and he wants to get to know you and he wants you to know know him on this step of the journey there's a mom that in the bible that really had to get to know the Lord. It was actually a similar situation to the last one we were looking at with Sarah, except a woman named Hannah in 1 Samuel, where she had trouble, again, having children. This was kind of a big theme with moms throughout the Bible, so if you're facing that, there's a lot of encouragement in the Bible to hang on and trust God for whatever season you're in and get to know him in this season. But it says in, in, um, there was another wife of this, uh, her husband, and she's having babies, but she can't have a baby. Like, Hannah can't have a baby, so they just begin to hate each other, and she's always just at her and just kind of picking at her. Like, just an annoying little sister is what it sounds like. Sister wives kind of situation. Um, She, greatly distressed, talking about Hannah here, prayed to the Lord, and she wept bitterly. I love just the honesty about that prayer. Like, don't we imagine prayer as just this sweet little thing where we rub the genie and he pops out our wishes? Like, don't we have that kind of image of what prayer is? I'm going to pray this up. or, But really, honestly, most of the time when we run to God is just when it's going bad. All right, But I love the consistency of Hannah's life as when it's bad, she's going to the Lord. She's learning from the Lord. She's expressing kind of things she's bitter about. And then in chapter two, after she has the child, it's this whole kind of like song of thanksgiving from Hannah where she just keeps going. Then Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn, my strength is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one like you, God. There's no one so sovereign. There's no one so good like you, God. Indeed, there's no one beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Whatever the season is in your life, scary, broken, unfulfilled promises, or at the top of the mountain, go to the Lord. Learn to know him. He wants to walk with you every step of the journey. It's not about having all the answers. It's not about having it figured out. He's just saying, come to me. Come to me. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. I can tell you in the past three years, we, we took a, a, a bold step, and for us, it was a bold step. Uh, a bold step may look very different for you, but for us, it was a bold step to, to move down here, and we were just talking on the way down here uh, this morning, like, just how crazy it is. Like, we've been here, like, over three years now, and God's just really, more than anything we look at, really, is how much God's done in our life, How much we've learned about in our relationship with God. And so whatever those steps God's asking you to do, he's drawing you close. He wants you to know him more. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? And he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. I love this line. God takes care of what's given to him. I've got some DVDs we were just talking about it with our son. Like someone borrowed our frozen DVD and it never came back home. Are we still a little bit upset about it? Got to be real. At least, you know, Beckett is a little bit. I can do without the song Let It Go. <laughs> um, I've got some DVDs out there. I loaned to somebody else, never got them back. You have some people like that, you loaned something too? never got it back. We got trust issues. <laughs> but God takes care of what's given to him. You give it to him. He's not just going to take care of your frozen DVDs and get them back on time. He's going to multiply them and give you the whole Disney collection. Like God takes care of what's given to him. When you take a a step of faith, God's not going to leave you stranded out in the middle of nothing. God's going to come through. Remember, he's sovereign. He's over it all. He owns the cattle on Thousand Hill. You probably heard that one. He owns it all. He sees the beginning from the end. He's, we have access to someone who has so much more than our tiny little experiences in our life and our brokenness that we're facing. We have a God that not, is not only sovereign over it all, but he's good. And every bit and whatever situation we go to, he is drawing us, and he wants to make that situation work out for the good of those who love him, Romans 8, 28. God is drawing us near, and he wants to make your path straight. How many of y'all got a not-so-straight path? to get here this morning for the past 20 years, 50 years. My path hasn't always been straight. I mean, I'm honest. But but I'll, but I'll be honest about this too. Every time I trust God, he makes my path straight. There there is these there's two moms that kind of they're related, they're cousins um in in Luke chapter 1, very beginning of the Gospel of Luke. We get to know these these two women uh, one named Mary and one named Elizabeth. We get to know Elizabeth first, and it's the, the mother of John the Baptist who would be a forerunner to Jesus Christ. Would come and just declare repentance and come back like the kingdom of God is near. He would declare this, grow up in, in, in that role. And Elizabeth gets pregnant, and uh, then later Mary, about six, five or six months later, Mary gets pregnant, her cousin. Uh, and that was obviously a big deal, you know, unmarried, getting preggers, like it was a big deal Back then, and, and she could be kind of put to death. So she was scared. She kind of hid out, was kind of letting things roll. And then Mary comes to visit Elizabeth in her little country town. <laughs> so you just got kind of picture. She's just going up to see her cousin in a little country town. And talk about being pregnant. Because God had revealed that, that she was pregnant as well. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Where she entered Zechariah's home which is Elizabeth's husband, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Get them kicks, some soccer kicks going. uh, In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is Elizabeth saying this to her. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And I want you to hear this. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who has trusted with all of her heart. Blessed is she who's believed, not that she was going to figure out this motherhood thing, Not that she was going to figure out and just raise these perfect children. No, but that God would fulfill his promises to her. Some of us in the room, this whole idea of promises from God are a foreign idea. But I think in this moment, I believe that God wants to speak some promises to you. That he's going to take care of you. When you trust him with all your heart, he's going to take care of you. And even more than that, when you trust him with all your heart, you're going to get to know him more and more every step of the way. We have access to so much. Jesus is the, or God is the well, and Jesus gives us access, and the Holy Spirit wants to guide us into all truth. God wants to draw us out of the places we've been into a deeper walk with him today. Mothers, fathers, men, women, God is drawing us near and he's going to make our path straight. i want to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do something unique this morning in order to kind of close out our time together. And in just a few moments, I'm going to ask all of the women in the room that are in this place of like, I don't have it all figured out. I just really want to ask all, all women in the room to just come and gather here in just a moment. And then I'm going to ask all the men to come and kind of create like a protection kind of shield around them, if you will. And we're going to pray over all the ladies in the house today. Men, I've been focusing, you know, and sharing a lot about mothers and, and ladies in the, in the room today. And blessed are they that trust in the Lord, that his promises will be fulfilled in them. But I want to speak to the men today of let's uphold them in prayer. Like seriously, so many times men and women, like we're so different, we're like working against each other, we're like acting like we're on different teams, but particularly in the body of Christ, our success is their success. It's exemplified in the marital relationship of just both serving one another, and, and one of the biggest ways that we can serve one another is Prayer. And so I'm going to invite all women in the room to just come right here, just right, right in front. I'm going to ask my wife to come up here with me. Um, and just ask all the women to come right here, right in, in front. And then as the women get up here, I want to ask the men to, to come behind. Just come on close, if you will, so that everybody can get down here. I'm going to squeeze in. If you've got bubble issues, you can just kind of make your way to the side. We're real about those things. <clears throat> and then, guys, go ahead and come on through so good to see all of you this close it's nice a bunch of beautiful women a um, bunch of strong men and God wants to use you and he wants to fulfill the promises that he's given to you and he's going to come through but we first have to trust him with all of our heart and guys right now if you'll help me pray I want to pray in this moment over over all of these women you may you don't know most of them you know some of them they're called by God, and they have a role for God, and a purpose from God. And they've got the toughest job in the world. Can I get an amen from all the moms? <laughs> it's a tough job. My card to her this morning <laughs> said, um, I'm so, I can't remember exactly. What does it say? No, no, I've put up with you. Yeah, like, um I don't know why I put up with you. And then I said, oh, yeah, and then I remember, like, you you put up with me. <laughs> you know? Um, God wants to use them, and so if you'll bow your heads, I want the opportunity to pray Women and men, if you'll join me in prayer over these women today. Some of you know, some of you know very well. A wife, a fiance, a girlfriend, a friend. Some of you don't, but let's pray together. God, we thank you for these women. God, we thank you for this time we share. God, you know every hair on their head. God, you know the beginning from the end. God, you know the depths of their desires and their pains and their hurts. God, and today I pray that you would just draw near, and whatever the season is that they don't understand, whatever they're fighting through, I pray it would be a time to get to know you, God. I pray that you would bring new revelation, God, of your goodness, of your sovereignty that sees the beginning and the end, and God, I pray today, collectively, men and women, we would trust you with our future. We'd trust you with our heart, God, that we've been protecting with ourselves with this life that we've been figuring out by ourselves. I pray that we'd have a true revelation, God, that you were drawing us near and asking us to take a step forward and get to know you. God, fulfill your promises to these wonderful women, God. Do your work in our lives today. In Christ's holy name, amen. God, I pray that these men, the location that they stand now, God, would would be a spiritual sign of their protection and covering of prayer over their wife, their sisters, their moms, God, that are in this room right now. I pray that you'd strengthen their hearts and character to be the men of God you've called them to be. That every step of the journey would be guided and orchestrated, would be straight, God, because they've trusted you with all their heart. We trust you in Jesus.